Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Episode 249. First episode of the new year. 2015. You know what? I feel good about 2015. Yeah. I think a lot's going to happen. I think so, too. Um, most of it good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Speaking of bad, um, we're sorry that the Oklahoma City episode, we were going to drop that on January 30th. But there was a serious sound issue. We're trying to see if it could get fixed. Basically, one of the guests on the show, Michael C. Hall, we could hear what he was saying in the theater, but it somehow kept cutting in and out through the soundboard of the or. It was an issue with his mic. His mic kept cutting in and out. But we didn't hear it in the in the theater. It only was being cut out as it was being recorded somehow. So yeah, it's so very unlistenable. So if we can fix that between I, the mic and the board. Something, something happened. happened. Something <laughs> happened. So if that gets fixed, we'll release it. If it doesn't... We will not. We will not. <laughs> Sadly, we won't. Um, so we're working on that. We're sorry there was no episode last week, you guys. Um, I mean, December 30th, you're going to drop that. Yeah, you that's said right. January that's 30th. Right. You're right. December 30th. Last mm-hmm. Tuesday, we were going to drop that, and it didn't didn't happen. So there's no episode last week. So this was... But we're th- here now. We're here now, guys. Let's be present. Let's be in the moment. <laughs> Um, I want to thank everybody who came out. I did um, shows in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin on New Year's Eve, and then a bunch of shows at Zany's in Chicago, and, and a bunch of you guys came out, which was uh, a blast. Um, those shows were... I saw the pictures. Yeah, there was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans came out. The Hansons, Ashley came out. Everybody was... It was. Uh, I like the Twitter comments, too. It was like, uh, comedy film nerds, fans representing, and then there were some Twitter comments about, is it just a bunch of drunk people? Who showed up to one of these shows at Zany? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, however people want to come and enjoy the shows, that's uh, that's their right. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a blast uh, to do that. So thanks to everybody for for taking the time to come out to the shows. Um, had a good had a good vacation. Went up went up the coast. The California coast is beautiful. If you've never been here, you definitely want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Saw some friends in San Francisco. Went to Monterey to the aquarium. The kids loved it. It was a great way to get out of L.A. And yeah. just a great, great vacation. California's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing. Then we went to uh, the Madonna Inn uh, with all the different rooms. We stopped there. And uh, they have these different. Every room is different at the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. And uh, we went into this room that had like a, it's called a rock shower. And the what? kids absolutely loved it. It's like a cave. And instead of a shower head, it's just a waterfall that comes down into all this rock. And then that's how you take a shower. It's, a, oh, wow. it's hilarious. And uh, the kids basically played in it for a while. And then we took a Hummer ride on the Pismo Beach Dunes. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> so you could tell the kids didn't know what to expect. They were strapped into this big Hummer and they were just driving along the beach. They both looked really bored. Like, why are we stressed? What is this? This is ridiculous. You know, it could just be in a regular car. And then when we hit the dunes, their faces like lit up like, oh, it's a roller coaster. Now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. So, but now we're back. We're back. We got to talk about some movies. The Hobbit we're going to talk about? Yes. The interview, Unbroken. Um, our, we're going to introduce our guest who has a new book out. And a lot of stuff on DVD and Blu-ray, and only one movie coming out this week. That's the only movie we're ever going to need. Yes. Well, let's introduce our guest, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I've only been on the show once before. Happy to have him back. Happy to have him back. Has Mm -hmm. a podcast himself, a funny comedian that I've known for a very long time. We actually met in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nerd Headquarters, Jimmy Dore. 
Well, it's great to be here. I've been to Appleton. <laughs> You've been to the Skyline Comedy Cafe. I've been to Skyline. How's the? I remember I went to see the uh, Houdini Museum when I was there. Still going strong. Went there at uh, about ten to four on a Saturday. They close at four on a Saturday. <laughs> That's good time. I said, really? You guys close at four? The the museum on Saturday? The one thing to do in Appleton besides the comedy club? Right. And uh, we literally, I was with the girl I was with, said, uh, well, is there anything else you could recommend we do around here? She goes, there's some bars that are open already down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin. Swear to God. And then the Madonna Inn. Uh, very famous, the Madonna Inn. Yes. Very for luxury, right? That's that's that crazy shower he's talking about. You stop in there, take a pee in their uh, bathrooms. It's supposed to be very nice. I did that. It was it was very nice. I don't remember, but I remember my brother made sure we we were driving down the coast, and he's like, "We got to stop in there and go pee." Oh, it's yeah, it's it's like nothing you've ever seen. Every room in the hotel is a different theme and a different architecture there you and, go and then you go to the restaurant and then the bathroom the uh urinal for the men is urinal is a rock waterfall that's it so you literally you're peeing into a water that's it <laughs> that's why we had to go we had to go pee that's you right pee the pee like animals <laughs> so i'm already luxurious animals like a that's... grizzly bear a well-kept grizzly bear so i'm already you know i'm already knee deep into this episode we haven't even started it yeah <laughs> It's so it's all it's, it's like this one was just made just for me. It was. We, we like to taper all of our episodes. So, yes. So I, I, and Taylor. And Taylor. Temper. Distemper. Semperfy. Semperfy. We are going to Semperfy Dallas every episode. Yes. Um, and then as soon as I moved out to L.A., I met Chris immediately almost, right? Yeah, well, you yeah, guys... yeah. We've known each other for a long time too. So at least five years, and yeah. uh, let's not date ourselves, <laughs> yeah, shall we? We're all no. in our late twenties. That's right. I started comedy. I was fifteen. Moved out here five months later. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing it for twenty years. I'm, I'm in my early thirties. I don't know how to do math, but I'm pretty sure I look That's fantastic. I certainly don't look like my dad when he, he was my age. I'll tell you that. No. No way. No way. My dad looked like uh, old from the minute I was born. And uh, we've been laughing every day of our lives. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Huh? I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have to work two jobs. There was a lot of crying. There's a lot of crying in between for me. I don't know about you guys. You guys seem happier than me. Yeah. No, crying <laughs> is a release. Oh, mm -hmm. sure. You got to get it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn unconscious. Ugh, why can't you control it? I like to internalize <laughs> and then make myself physically ill. So it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, no. I think most illnesses are psychosomatic. I like to just stuff it down and then soak it full of booze and bad food. And yeah. Just come out and explode on someone for no reason. Yeah, yeah. I like misdirected anger. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's, like it. That's classic. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I would just be calling my parents all the time. I have to misdirect that anger. Yeah. <laughs> I have to let it come out at different pecklers, you know. Solicitors yeah. when they call. Hey. Oh, the bo oh, I know. There's no doubt I give it to them. We're going to be in your area. Do you need yeah. an estimate? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how the fuck you got this number. Yeah. Come over. I'll give you a goddamn estimate. We're a contractor. I to come over and fight me. My favorite one was a contractor. It was like it was an 80-year-old woman. I was like, you don't sound like a contractor. Because yeah. you know they're all call centers. Yes. That they call. I'm like, you're going to be there? Where are you going to be? And then I, oh, I went online and... One of the best things I heard somebody do is uh, they said that they actually asked for an estimate because this company kept calling, and they gave them the address of a house that was like condemned. Uh -huh. and they left a note on it said, "You wasted my time. Now I've wasted yours." Ah, <laughs> contractor. To fantastic. Over. Somebody's calling me from the Bahamas the last two days, trying to get me to pick up the phone. 
Uh, it was first blocked. I never answered that. It'll those. be a legitimate call. Yeah, That's sure. It. It, yeah, it sounds legitimate, doesn't Go ask it? for your social. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I could just give you my my login information for my emails. Yeah. Okay, sure. Perfect. Sure. And my well, there's social- lottery holdings that... Mm-hmm. Uh, that they want to give to me. Sure. Yeah. So... All right. So, which do, what do we want to start with? How about The Hobbit? Let's start with The Hobbit. Now, we will be doing a spoiler episode with Jackie Cation. That is coming. We couldn't schedule it before the end of the year, just um, with everybody's schedules. But it's happening. It the is Hobbit happening. is a We're real movie. The That's Hobbit, a real movie. It, it's three real movies. Really? Yes. This is uh, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. Didn't know. Did you actually see it last night? So, now, is this kind of... No, this is a this was a cartoon or something, and no, 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 no. no it's a it's just... <laughs> okay, granddad. Oh, dear Lord. oh this is, uh, this is... <laughs> no, I don't know. Jackie's not here to hear this. <laughs> How did this Hobbit? Is this, it all of a sudden was a movie was written for the screen? No, it was a uh, there was the Lord of the Rings were three books. Okay, I know so, J.K. Rowling. I know who yes, that is exactly. J.K. Didn't read Rowling them, didn't see it. Wrote them, wrote them with Stephen King. Oh, did he? They... Did she? <laughs> I didn't think so. Yes, and then Marvel bought the rights to them, and uh, they're going to be in the next Avengers movie. So anyway... Someone is believing what you're saying. I think I caught on that he was pulling my leg at the end. But uh, The Hobbit is the small book that is a prequel to Lord of the Rings that got stretched out into three extra movies. Oh, okay. Uh, But now, here's the thing about The Hobbit, Battle of the Fire Armies. This is really my kind of like third Dark Knight movie. I mean, I was on board. I was already on board. It didn't matter. Unless it was grossly incompetent, I was going to be on board with and this And it's movie. a very tight two hours and 49 minutes. Yes. <laughs> this is yeah. the third installment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third yeah. Installment. Nine hours yeah. of my goddamn life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would they So, I, I gotta say, it was kind of like, uh, I, I was ready for the long haul. I was ready to be into it, and I did, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really did. Just because I was a fan. I'm, it's You have to be a fan of these types of movies of the books to really enjoy them now um they're making a fortune this one alone made half a billion dollars wow. already worldwide um why don't you guys write one of those hobbit movies <laughs> <laughs> you guys should do why that. don't you do that that's a good idea we should you're right sell one of those um, but you thought about that now Maybe here's you should the take letterman's job <laughs> This is one of those movies, too, that it's... I mean, if you read the Hobbit book, it obviously did not need to be stretched over to three three uh, movies. It, at most, it was one and a half movies, maybe two, but... He could have done it 90 minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And this definitely, this installment could have been shorter. But he, here's the thing. It, it almost felt like... And I was okay with this because I'm a fan. It almost felt like a fan film. Like, here's all the people that enjoy this. Here's what you want to see. I'm going to give you more of it because so, I know you're going to be on board with it. But there's nothing in this film or any of the other films that's going to convert you. Like, uh, like you know, I don't really like this movie, but this has been this is an amazing thing. No, no, it's not. You're either on board going in or you're not. And I was on board going in. Graham was not. And neither one of us, our minds were not changed either way. So... Um, and it's, it's pointless for me to even say why, because this is, it, again, it's, and, and we've talked about this numerous times, but I love the Dark Knight movies, got into another argument over Christmas with, <laughs> over the third one, over the th- with Andy Wood, who was <laughs> saying the dumbest crap about why the first movie was stupid and Ra's al Ghul's reasoning. And I was like, no, he never, he never said that in the movie, whatever, keep, keep drinking. So anyway. So yeah, so these are these are basically um, these are movies made uh, by a fan for the fans. The only issue I would have with them is that 
these aren't Hobbit movies. They're basically Lord of the Rings movies with Hobbit, with the Hobbit in them, because the Hobbit is a much smaller story than Lord of the Rings. It's a prequel. It kind of sets up the whole Lord of the Rings big um, spectacle. So to make these movies bigger than they really should be, it's it's okay. It's forgivable, but it's not really what the spirit of the book was. Um, like this, I mean, the books basically was told the story of the Hobbit, but these movies went all over into the appendices and what was going on in different places and focused on more of the dwarves and their journey. So um, it's a different type of film than the book really is. But uh, again, as a fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I say this, though, I give them credit. They should just make the movie for their diehard fans. They shouldn't try to get guys like me on board. If they were to do that... Then they would. Then it would every, dilute it. Then yeah. everyone would hate it. Right. You would hate mm-hmm. it. I would be not on board with this. So right. like, don't even. You know what I mean? It's like just make. It's like somebody comes in and go. Well, let's make the UFC a little less fighty and a right, little, a little more, friendlier, a little more family friendly. Yeah. No, it's not for kids or families. Right. It's for right. guys that like watching people beat the shit out of each other in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. Leave the DNA intact. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that you know. Again. And uh, I, I love, like, and I'm a big fan of dragons, so I love the dragon at the, you know, <laughs> Smog was great. I love that it was Benedict Cumberbutton, his voice, that I, I absolutely, I, I loved. That's and, the, uh, that Smog's, yeah, is done uh-huh. by uh-huh. Benny Cumbo. Yeah, Benny Cumbo. So uh, I like, we'll get more into it with Jackie, but I, I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. All and, right, and guys. I, and I definitely, I and this is what I liked, too, about it. You could watch it. I wasn't forced to watch it in 3D. I wasn't forced to watch it in a high frame rate. I could watch it like a normal person in a regular theater uh, with not all these other extra like gimmicks. Yeah, that just so, up the ticket price. Yeah. And, what uh, is a high frame rate? High frame rate, what it is, is um, I'm not a fan of it. Some people are. It it Obviously, it raises the frame rate. But what it does is it makes a much crisper image, like the 3D becomes crisper. But what it also does it makes it so crisp that it looks like a nature documentary or a beta SP thing. So you lose I've all the warmth of uh, a narrative film, and it looks completely off. I've can- seen that. that somebody had a high rate, um, I forget the name of the movie, but I was like, that looks like a soap opera almost. It's exactly what it does. Yeah, exactly. exactly what it does. Yeah. And then it takes away the cool part of a movie. It's exactly what it does. The other thing it does, too, is you can see the seams then. Then you can yes. see, oh, that's where the green screen is. Yes, oh, That's where yes. the set ends because it's so crisp. Like, that's not how narrative film is supposed to be. High frame rate would be great for nature documentaries. Yeah. Anything that you're out, sure. like in the wild, like wing migration and high frame rate or anything like that where you go and you can see everything in crisp detail. But it's real. It's in front of you. Right. It's not manufactured. Well, that's the thing when they're like, when they, when they when they do that, they're like, it's it should be, I want it to look real. No, no, no. A movie is supposed to take you into a surreal place. It's supposed to bring you into that world, whatever that world is. Gotham City, Hobbit right. Town, or wherever. You know what I mean? Right. And, I, and if it's too crisp, then, oh, now I know it's a set. Yes. you've made it too It's like the microphone's here. in the shot. Right. Right, exactly. exactly. It's, oh, no, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. the, exactly. no, oh, I, oh I, they're I, doing a movie the whole time. I know they're doing a movie. Yeah. This whole right. time this is a movie. He's wearing yeah. a prosthetic right. face <laughs> right. or whatever. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not as yeah. opposed to... And he's the only one on the screen, and then he's in a soundstage. That's what that's what high frame rate will do. All right, so we've... Thoroughly shit on the high. I don't know why they keep doing it. So that's uh. So I don't know if it's so. I I would say if you're gonna see the Hobbit, to, um, you don't need the 3D. You don't need high frame rate. Just see it as a normal frame. Right. All right. So now, let's. The last time we recorded an episode, um, 
the interview had just the, the, the whole controversy and they had yes. just pulled it. It was before yes. Christmas, so they uh-huh. pulled it. So then, and then of course some theater chains started to play it, and it's this whole thing. And now there's this controversy of it only made fifteen million. Was this a deliberate thing? Which there's no way it was. This, this movie would have done thirty million Christmas Day if they wouldn't have pulled it from wide screenings. There's no two ways about it. I think it would have done. Yeah, I think it, so it would have too. done at least yeah, thirty yeah. or forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I think because it was counterprogramming to everything else that kind of got released. Right, right. Uh, Unbroken comes out. Yeah, and yeah. All, stuff. all right, so Jimmy, you, and even into the woods. Yeah, and into the woods. Mm-hmm. So you saw this, the interview. What did you think about it? So they made fifteen million uh, uh, six dollars. They got mine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So th- well, let me ask: Did you go to the theater or did you video on demand it? No, video on demand. Okay, definitely. Okay. And yeah, um, it, uh, it's the parts were greater than the sum total, right? And uh, the big, big leap for me. There's a couple of le- you know you got to keep it believable, even though you, I have to be able to, you know, plausibly dis- suspend my disbelief. That's for me. I can take it. And um, <laughs> sorry, I you know what I mean. It's like there. So there were a couple. Did you guys see it? I did. So, so I there was to, a I couple. Hear what you think first, and then I'll chime in. So there was a couple of. Le- At first, I thought, uh, what's his name, uh, Flacco, James Franco. Franco, Franco. was doing Flacco. Flacco. not we, the quarterback yeah. for the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, <laughs> I thought he was doing a bad job at first, and then I'm like, no, no, he's he did a good job. After the movie, all like, oh, this is his character. He's kind of nailing this character. There's a couple of things that you just aren't believable, and that just ruin the movie. Like it's almost like the microphone comes in, like, "Oh, now you guys are doing." And if it wasn't, and if they weren't celebrities in the movie, you would never watch this fucking movie because it's so unbelievable. It's like a shitty movie, you know, like uh, <laughs> like a bad idea. Like it's a good idea, but they too many bad ideas in it. Um, they, to me, from the trailer, I know like, exactly what Jimmy's saying. I'm gonna uh, clean it up for yeah, me, yeah, because I'm, I'm not a good. But, but this is my question, though. From watching the trailer, I was gonna say agree, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> from watching the trailer, I was like, I bet you there's some funny scenes. Yes, but then they do some scenes that are just way too dumb and over the top. Yes, the whole so the CIA, the whole CIA thing. That would never happen ever. I mean, it's got to be kind of plausible that this would be the only thing that they could do, and that the, the idea they come up with to kill him is so fucking amateur. It's so stupid. And the by the way, so then the whole th- the half the movie takes place. It seems they're in North Korea and they're in their hotel room that they're staying in. And apparently the Koreans don't know anything about bugging a room or having a... <laughs> right, right. And they're just having these conversations, and they have a transmitter in their watch that they use to com- communicate with the CA. They can't catch that. Either. They jump out their window in the middle of their hotel that they're staying... I think it's the compound of the leader. Yeah. It's not even a hotel. So they're in like... And no one notices that they jump out their window in the middle of the night. and It's such bullshit. It's, it's like... Come on, you guys! This is, I, if this was a cartoon, I would turn it off, you know. <laughs> and and uh, but I stuck through it because I had you know we're talking about it today, so mm-hmm. I stuck with it, which I'm glad I did because there were funny parts, like Graham said. So there were parts where I laughed out loud. I'm like, holy shit, this movie just made me laugh. So that's good. But uh, overall, really amateur story. Really, wouldn't you say so? I couldn't agree more. I think it was the main problem with this is when you look at it on paper. 
Um, the pitch and the idea for this film is really funny and really sick. Yes. Like, I would love to, I'm like, oh, well, like when I heard this, I'm like, oh, this sounds real. It could be really fun and funny. Yeah. In the right hands, this could be great. Um, yes. Um, yes. Then it, it was, Whose hands were they in? You know, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. But, you know, it's, this is the end I really loved. I thought it was hilarious. But this one, great idea, horrible execution. The way it was, um, the way every scene played out, there were a couple of times that I agree, it made me laugh. There were a couple of things, but it was like every scene felt like poorly improvised. Yes. Poorly scripted. Yes. Or, or, or poorly scripted. One of those, poorly something. And, and it also <laughs> felt like was poorly put, everything was poorly and sloppily put together. That yes. That was the problem. Like, it was like, what, did they make this movie in two weeks? Like, that kind of, yes! that kind of is what it felt like. Like, they, they threw this movie together. This, in like, uh, exactly, in like, it seemed like a film project right, that they had yeah. a deadline for. So, exactly. like, hey, it'll work, it'll work. Yeah, no, no, it's just, all right, well, we'll <laughs> fix it, you know, when we're in the scene, we'll just improvise it. And, uh, uh, I will disagree with James Franco's performance. I thought he was awful. <laughs> I thought I, well, I, I understand that s- he was doing a character, but yeah. I thought he was doing that character poorly. Okay, I, I really I didn't buy it. I thought Seth um, um, Rogan. Seth Rogen. I almost said Seth Goldberg, but the so, Seth Rogen. I thought he actually did a, a good job. Like I, I, I'm actually a fan of his. When he's in the right things, he does make me yeah. laugh. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. The thing is, too, is like the characters, like he's the producer and he's like, you know, the eye candy, like when they go over. But they, they couldn't get the characters right. Like there were certain scenes where they yes! were really stupid. Yes. And like, I, this is, oh, my God, I thought the same thing. Like, what are you doing? This guy's supposed to be the smart one. He's the dumb one. They're friends. We get it. But now, yeah. now you're making them both dumb. Yeah. This. Now you don't know what movie you're making. Exactly. Exactly. This is and this is this is what I think this problem is, um, is. And this happens to so many comedians uh um comedy teams that that make movies is this 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 and this is such a poor mistake of just let them go yeah yeah just no, do no, what no. you want no no, yeah. no 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 you have to have a script you have to have right. an outline and hey let's do a couple takes where we riff Great within the context of, of these right. characters, characters yes. and everything, exactly. but then it's just like, oh, just this will be funny. No, wait, wait a minute, your character would never do that. My character, right. like it, that, doesn't I, matter if it doesn't guys, match. Yeah, perfect example of what you're saying is, and this really stuck out like a sore thumb. Again, throws me out of the movie. It's like the microphone in the shot. Uh, they're they when they first get to Korea and they're in the limousine. And that woman who's the badass is there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so James Franco, he's the he's supposed to be the dumb, superficial guy. Right. And Seth Rogen's supposed to be the smart guy. He's the genius. Right. And so he says, they, they say some niceties, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then James Franco says to her, so why is everyone starving? Right? Which is a, actually a good yeah. question right. that a reporter would actually ask. And when he does that... Seth Rogen, like he's embarrassed, like you would be at your at your in laws. Like, oh, he said something. He farted in church. Right. No, this is a real question, dumb yeah. fuck. Yeah. You're supposed to be wanting to do real news. He's finally doing it, and you put your face in your hands because you're embarrassed. Yeah, as the producer, you like, would be gr- you so happy that he yeah. would do that. Yeah, yeah. you'd be like, oh, thank God, this may actually. Yes. So that that was another thing. Like what you were talking about, it did it didn't. It was incongruent with what their characters were. Right. Like he would right. never ask that question. Question, he wouldn't be embarrassed if he did ask that question. Right. He'd be cheering. He's been wanting to do real news this whole movie. That's the whole point. Doesn't that sound like a great film? Yes. Yeah. You, what yes. you just, you know what I mean? What you're describing, wouldn't that actually like 
there's there's some serious and heart to it, but it has right. a sense of humor. Yes, like yeah. We're, fine, we're these dumb entertainment guys. We're finally getting to do the big interview. Right? Yeah. Like, what if you know what I mean? Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and and it would have hilarious moments of like, holy shit, and the North Koreans. But then they slap sick, like the one you know, and they're the, the scene with the oh, there's the tiger. Oh, Shut up. God yeah. damn. You know what? I will say, like, it was kind of uh, the idea they had about, so James Franco interviews him, but they show James Franco and him kind of bonding. Yeah, yeah. So they have all these same, because it's crazy that James Franco's TV show in America is Kim Jong-un's favorite show. That's right. already a leap. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. make that one. Yeah. So then they get there, and then they have all these, like, um, effeminate or, like, non-manly things that they, Katy Perry songs right, right. that they bond over. Margaritas. That, margaritas that he's been told were gay by his dad. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they kind of bond on this thing. And James Franco actually has affection for Kim. And right. the guy who plays Kim Jong-un is fantastic. He's great. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely- so that's like, oh, wow, this is a gem in this movie right, right. here. Right. So, and he, you know, lying is always funny. And so when he's trying to laugh, I don't know what you're talking about when Kim Jong Un yeah. is doing that. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is good. They should yeah. do more like this. So the idea was, am I giving way too much? No, no. Mm-mm. So it's the, not a spoiler. I don't think there are any spoilers. In this so the movie. so James. So that's exactly what you said, Graham. If they could have somehow instead of. So they were supposed to go interview him and just uh, ask him pre-approved questions, right? So that right. was that was the only way they would get the mm-hmm. thing. And then, yeah, it would have been great if he was like, "Fuck it, we're going to ask real questions and we're going to get because it's going to be live TV." And then because they had to, they had a fight in the control room to keep it going, right? Right. So they tried to Koreans. By the way, they, again, there's no security, right? Oh yeah, yeah. North Korea, there's no security. That's no security. So that's the only thing they get right. Or, is they're, or they're in another building. By the time they finally, yeah, yeah, they're yes. Like, well, how far away were how they? How far was the control booth? Yeah, uh, but like. But I love the idea too. In a to police see state, the yeah, security is yeah. a little lax. Yeah, a little lax. But it also just the fact that, like, see, I actually bought the idea that the CIA would try to get them to kill the leader as they were over there doing the interview. So I was like, this is a great kind of twist to the story. Uh, but again, not handled well. Not handled. The way no, it was handled like, was unbelievably really funny. This would have been. This would have could have been like almost like a get smart. Yes. Thing. It yeah. Could have been really fun. Yeah. And it just again, there was mo- like that whole thing with James Franco and Kim Jong Un's the relationship that was yeah. interesting. They they handled that well. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Well done. That was maybe the only part of the movie that was well. I, I don't like you know criticize. I don't know how to make movies. So I don't know. Certainly they made a better movie than I could make. So let me just say that. But um, I think part of the problem is, though. But if I had $80 million, I could probably make a better movie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You hire a bunch of competent people. Yes. You wouldn't just be like, hey, just wing it. Run with it. Wing it. Yeah. And James Franco, now that I've seen him in a bunch of different things, really, you got to get the right role for him. Because he either plays over the top or he's not right. Because even that Oz, great and powerful when he played Oz. Mm completely miscast in that but then there's other movies he's great in or like what shows that he's great in there was um um because he's a big actor teacher he's a big teacher right he's like all into the seriousness of playhouse west i studied there well, like Meisner um School just when you go but he's in new york too to, uh, right freaks and geeks i mean he's really compelling well, if you want pineapple express yeah. he's funny because i'm sorry funny. did you say miser i wasn't listening what yeah were yeah you he's well the, the james franco studied it at, i was just doing a joke oh okay yeah. about meisner ah, during repeating it <laughs> yeah i wasn't it. listening and oh. i was asking you to repeat you weren't listening and you were asking him to repeat yes see i was listening and i was asking 
You, you say that like so. I, know, I just want to let you know I know a little bit about acting. <laughs> I know very little, but I know a little. Even Every like time Spider-Man. I bring up Meisner, someone always does that joke. <laughs> and I always miss you it. Always, I, that's the second time I brought it up. You missed it. <laughs> but, uh, but even like Spider Man, I thought he did a good job in yeah. know, James Frank. So, oh, okay. so it's really it's you know there's Didn't certain things he's good in, and there's certain things where you're like, wow, you're you're so miscast that it's it's putting me off the film, and you can't. You can't crank out a movie, especially comedy. You can't just like have a funny premise and then just crank it out. You can't do that in a 90-minute film. You have to spend the time on it. And comedy is not over the top. Comedy is pulled back. Like if you look at Seth Rogen's character, it's whenever he does, it's always a little bit pulled back. But Whereas even, uh, James Franco was so over the top you, and so yeah, right. ridiculous. When you, again, when you, you can get away with over the top, when it makes sense. Right, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it, when it makes sense, then then mm. you can do over the top, where it is rooted in some type of yes, reality. completely like, agree. Like Branson Pinchon in, 40, in uh, Beverly yeah. Hills Cop. Right, right. But are you going to say perfect strangers? Yeah. <laughs> that, that too. No, but that's a believable dude yes. that he just pushed a little bit. Yeah. Which right. is great, mm-hmm. which right. is fine. Like in Old School, the movie Old School, which uh-huh. I think is hilarious. Yes. Um. It, again, it's rooted in some kind of believability that these idiots would try to do this, that they could yeah, get away with right. this crap. Mm-hmm. And it's pushed, and there's some over-the-top characters, but they're so like, I believe Will Ferrell's Frank yes, the Tank Yes, you character. do. You believe it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would that guy actually get drunk and run naked? Naked? Maybe not. But it was believable enough that yeah, it was hilarious. Right. Yeah. You know? You could suspend your disbelief. Sure. Correct. But... So, uh, it's a, so the interview, great premise, um, not a great movie. Uh, so now Seth Rogen is the is the free speech champion. Free speech champion. Oh, okay. I know, dear lord. Right. And it's I really think that uh, yeah, this was a complete bungle by um, Sony. I mean, the way that they they released it now, even on demand, it's like. But now the controversy controversy is pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, no did really it not make money now. because of it? I thought they would make more money because of it. They well, didn't. They, if they would have released it on Christmas um, in the theaters, people would have gone out to see just what the fuss was about, I think. Um, but now, the way they botched it and they were cowardly, you're like, ah, well, now I don't, I don't know if I care now. And everyone's like, well, they so. did a fair amount of money in VOD, but it's like they still would have made more money. I think, I think Sony would have made – this movie would have made more money theatrically because it had – before North Korea threatened it – uh-huh. Before this hacking thing happened, it was like, okay, this is the big, and this is going to be the big Christmas Day counter programming. Right. I mean, this movie would have had a lot more disappointed people walking out of it. Ah! <laughs> if it would have gotten a theatrical ah. release. They would have got an opportunity to disappoint a lot more people yeah, than yeah, it did. It's really, it's, had they um, not bungled yeah, <laughs> the marketing. Uh, <laughs> I, I had something to say about it, and I forget, but um, oh, I forget. All right. What do you think of it? I'll think of it. Yeah. All right, so the other movie that I saw then was uh, I saw Unbroken. Okay. Now, I um, I'm gonna bring this up on. Now, who directed that? That's Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Oh yeah, she she directs pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing with Unbroken. I was kind of familiar with the story of the actual guy, uh, Louis Zamperini. Um, the they did a they had a very good marketing campaign. I saw some great. Interviews with with Angelina Jolie, saw some behind-the-scenes stuff about it. Focused on the lead actor, some of the marketing, too. Focus on the lead actor. She cast basically a Mm -hmm. no-name. And so I was very excited to see this um, because it it, it, it looked compelling to me. 
the thing about and and look the the performances in this are good. It just felt a little kind of directing by the numbers to me. Like, and it's based on his book. The whole movie is about him getting captured and being tortured by the Japanese. And he does a lot of flashbacks to when he was a kid, when he ran track in high school, when he ran track in the Olympics, when he first got into the military. Um, and was it like watching cliff notes of the story? Kind of. I mean, again, the scenes and the, the guy that, the, that, that played, uh, okay. Um, Jack O'Connell is the actor. And then the guy who plays, um, uh, Takamasha Ishihara plays um, Watanabe, which is Bird, which is the actual uh, commander at this prison camp that was like so malicious to Zamperini. Um, so, so the performances are all good, but did he have to build a bridge? <laughs> no, that, that would have been more compelling. But after a while, there's you're just like, wow, yeah, he keeps getting tortured like this is this is bad and all he's tough and he is not going to break as the title has told yeah but graham did the torture save lives (laughs) (laughs) did it work did it save lives yes it did okay Um, that's all that matters um so and jesus says it's okay yeah it's totally okay well it's not okay if people do it to us but we can do it right yeah 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 because god's if it saves lives yeah (laughs) so (laughs) i the actual story of zamperini is he um, you know, comes back and he has really awful PTSD. They don't call it back. That's not what they call it. Called shell shock. Yeah, shell shock. Yeah, yeah. That was and the World War II term. That was uh-huh. a World War II mm-hmm. term. And he f- learned to forgive the Japanese. No. None of that is in the film. It's just what? everything really? that's what? in World War. Th- it's only the war stuff. Have you read the book? Uh, no, I haven't read the book, but I've read all these articles about Got him it. leading up mm-hmm. to it and stuff like that. And I'm just like. That's what was so like the whole third act to me should have been how he came to that conclusion because you as an audience member there's times when you're like god I hate the Japanese and you're like well how did and and just me as a person I'm like people that have done stuff to me or bullied me or whatever and I think about well, maybe that'll be in the extended DVD oh, cut. Oh, God. The, well, it's the, like, the, like if the, this guy can find a way to act. forgive them I should be able to I find should, a way in my life to forgive of course. Well, that's a compelling story. That's a compelling <laughs> yeah. story, and yes. there's none of that. And it's just sort of like... So it kind of feels like some of this movie is a missed opportunity. It's a, such a, it's a huge missed opportunity, especially in what's going on in America right now. Right. Mm-hmm. With the cops <laughs> and the and, black community. Like, you know, we're at a... This is a critical point here in our, in our society, and how can we get to a place... And of, that we're executing people for the lowest level crimes imaginable while we're letting war criminals talk about it and laugh on television. Right. So this is, yeah, it ties in for many things. It ties in for many things, like, um, you know, everything you're talking about, Guantanamo Bay, and then if you pollute the entire Gulf of Mexico... You pay a fine. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? You, you, you make tr- right. billions of dollars on toxic loans... Yeah. You're fine. But you sell a few Lucy's yeah, on you Staten some, Island Street, you're going to get choked. You're going to strangle. Death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this was such an opportunity, you know, again, it's that thing. If this guy, like no one can say they suffered more than this dude. Right. So if this guy can can forgive. This movie had a perfect opportunity to show like a big picture. 
Yes. And it and it like a real moral tale instead of just a gruesome act of terror of torture, right? Well, because at, by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, war's awful. Yeah, yeah, we I mean, get it. He was tortured. Yeah, yeah. we drop bombs right. and fucking turn people into sand, and okay, yeah. yeah, that's war. Like you know, I mean, and that was I was I just walked out going, God. And there's a payoff at the end of the film. I don't want to spoil. And that scene brought out the most emotion and it was just a quick and I'm like It was almost like a tag. The, yeah, it was a tag. The whole third act I should have been in fucking tears, man. Like I should right, have right. stood up and said, "Yeah." Now, have you read any other uh, uh, reviews that share your opinion? I typically don't read other reviews of movies. Okay. Just because I like to come in and have just I don't want to be influenced by somebody else's opinion no, on a movie. I, I like to what I like to read other reviews and then reword them so people don't know that I'm <laughs> So I get to sound smart. Well, now I wonder too. From what you're saying, I wonder if all this other footage was shot, like, and then maybe it got left on the cutting room floor, or there was no plan to include. I don't all think this there was. The I end. don't think I, that's the thing, and I think this is a complete huge misstep by Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. I I think it was just we're going to show, literally almost day by day, what this guy went through in his three years of captivity. I mean, he was on a. He was on a raft for 45 days and they did a lot and they showed that and what, oh my God. But it was like, <laughs> and how, how he was unbroken and you couldn't break his will. The biggest, the biggest part of his story, I mean, a, a friend of mine, actually a, a guy we all know, Jim Bruce, his father mm-hmm. lost, I think one or both of his legs to the Japanese in World War II. He never let that go. He still held on to his anger, just never liked the Japanese. I'm not buying a Japanese car. He never let that go, Jim's dad. Right? Yeah. We can all understand where he sure. would come from with yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I would let it go. You know? I've, I've not let go littler things than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Something, <laughs> you, have somebody, both, you have both your legs. I have both my legs. Yeah. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm a st- very healthy man, and there's stuff somebody said to me in high school that I'm still pissed off about or whatever, some family member or whatever. Yes. And, I, and I've got I, some scores to settle still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and who is that hurting? Me. Yes. Right? I'm. It's like the whole thing. A resentment is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to get sick. Oh. Right? Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, Jeff. Ironically, a Japanese saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like when I was in Japan the last time, and Sanai, big fan of Japan, we went mm-hmm. to the uh, Edo Museum, and there was stuff in there about the bombing of Hiroshima oh, and Nagasaki. Really? And she's like, she was telling me about uh, her grandmother or something like that who had had to learn to forgive that because that was an awful thing. And you know what I mean? And that's why you have, because we could, well, we could sit there and go, well, you guys did Pearl Harbor. And you, yeah, you know what I mean? Like we could play that game and that's forever. And that's part of, again, going to what's going on between the police and the black community in America right now, both sides could be going, well, you shot my partner where you killed my, you know what I mean? So we have to get to this place to forgive us. And it was such a fucking missed opportunity, man. Like, wow. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, it's a good film. It's not a it's not a poorly made movie. But you know do you think the, she thought that maybe showing the torture would be uh, a good political statement right now? Like, look at what we this is who we are now, and it and uh, maybe maybe that I don't know. I'm just trying to. I, I think that's a great. I think if yeah. that is that is where her thinking is coming from. I think that's great. And to, in my opinion, showing his forgiveness uh-huh. would help. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Help oh, no drive doubt. That that's point home, I think. Right, right. Yeah. You know? It's that he like, rises above it. He, ri- right. he, he rose above it. And, and, you know, torture is awful. And the people that are actually torturing are... And don't let yourself become... Well, you know, uh, Nietzsche said uh, when fighting monsters, it's important to not allow yourself to also become a monster. Mm-hmm. If you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss will stare back into you. Yeah. So there goes my was abyss it, was staring. It also, was it, was it Langston Hughes who said, you can't keep a man down without staying down there yourself? You know? And, and people don't... By the way, it's amazing how many people don't have a problem with that. Yeah, so whatever. So there's, I'll be a horrible person. That's basically Dick Cheney's whole argument. Right. That that uh, yeah, you guys aren't willing to be as horrible as I am to keep the people safe. But people would die if you weren't if I wasn't here and being horrible. He's trying to do the Jack Nicholson. You want me on that wall? He's trying to do that line, that right. speech. But it's not. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. You didn't torture people to keep us safe. You tortured people so they would lie to give cover for your illegal war in Iraq. That's why you you don't torture people to get information. You torture people to get them to say shit that's not true. And that's exactly why they tortured people. And it's also, and as is, as is portrayed in this by this actual um, Japanese commander, he just had some personal crazy grudge yeah. against a guy that was an Olympian, right. you know, and mm-hmm. also just the, the, and the propaganda that was happening and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff and, and, and just. Well, it seems like too, like the missed opportunity that you're talking about kind of like is in the trailer for American Sniper. Like for American Sniper, you see him on the battlefield, but then you also see him answering questions like, you know, when I die, I'll ask God for every shot that I that gave. I took. Yeah. Like that's that I mean, I know I'm I'm very it, that it, that movie goes that very limited release. It goes wide, I think, in the next week I mean, or two. But it gives these war movies um moral compasses and, and and you know debate points and it's not just mm-hmm. showing like torture or capture it's when it's when clint eastwood did um flags of our fathers and then the Iwo letters from Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. he mm-hmm. showed both sides of the war specifically with the japanese and and you know what i enjoyed both of them they're both good and you both go wow and as a conservative he got so much heat for that letters of iwo jima right. movie it's an unbelievable they were like what's he do? it's propaganda i'm like well no he's making two movies i remember seeing a world war ii uh, vet and it was a it was like a i think it was a history channel thing and they took some world war ii vets who fought in iwo jima and this guy his whole thing was i want people to know i want young guys to know that war is not from the movies it's not the hero and the yeah right. and wave it's the not flag john wayne he goes storming no, the it's beach. awful it is awful on both sides and you know i mean he was just like i just am against war just to see those japanese soldiers how like all right well we're losing throw yourself on your grenades yeah that's it no you're supposed to and they're just like, I don't want to do that. Well, you know? why, why don't I just kind of go surrender? Can we Can surrender? I, and I get yeah. to go back home to my wife? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Jump on the grenade. And um, yeah, it's 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 a good film. It's worth watching in terms of acting performances. It does not deserve to be a, a best picture of the year. You mean Unbroken? Yeah, Unbroken. It. Is it is it nominated? That hasn't happened. The nominations haven't happened yet. I think it's oh. picked up some maybe some Golden Globe nominations. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The kid might deserve a, a best actor, maybe, but um, yeah, it's a missed opportunity. So that's a shame. That's that. 
So, all right. Well, let's talk. Uh, we wanted to do uh, one more ad for our our pals over at Downcast. Mm-hmm. So go to um, uh, go to down download the Downcast app right now. You could get it for your um, Mac and for your iOS devices, and they will sync and talk to each other. It's a great podcast app. A lot of uh, a lot of fans have already kind of been tweeting and saying, "Yeah, well, I'm listening to this episode on the app because you." Uh, advertised it before yeah and it's a it's a cheap app it's great it's it does all your podcast needs uh it's it's everything from ranking your podcast to fast forward you know double speed half speed whatever whatever you need it to do it will do i'm looking for a good podcast app so i'm gonna check that out yeah it is it's really good and it's business yeah i know um, some people i didn't even realize that you could when people like oh i listen to it at double speed so I, I get through more. Yeah, 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 a lot of people do. I was like, oh, uh, wow. Although I heard sometimes people don't listen to comedy at double speed because that's the one that they need to hear the timing on. But anything from like news to science to all these other ones, they do double speed just to get the information faster. Yes. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about, uh, Jimmy, you got a new book out. Yeah. I certainly do well, have a new all, book out. First of all, tell out. everybody, for those of you who don't know, about your, you've been doing a, a political podcast. So I do time. a podcast, uh, so, you know, satirical news podcast, how I like to describe it. And uh, we talk about topical you know, stuff that's in the news, and then we make fun of it. Um, now, we're, our, politically, we're very progressive. Um, as I, I wouldn't consider myself a Democrat uh, at all, in fact. And, uh, but... Uh, that's not because I don't uh, line up with their intended political motives, but they're all <laughs> the whole book. Why I call the book "Your Country Is Just Not That Into You" is because um, you know it's the people who own our political parties. You know, uh, Barack Obama proving that it was just one political party over and over and over again. Yes, they're a little different on gay rights, they're a little different on the EPA, and they're a little... Di- but the big things, their Wall Street policy, their corporate policy, their foreign policy is ex- almost exactly the same. And that's why people are like, why do they keep talking about Benghazi? Why do they keep talking about birth certificates? Because they want to oppose his banking policy. It's their banking policy, They Barack Obama's. They want to oppose his foreign... But it's their fucking foreign policy. He's doing exactly what... You know, and... Uh, how many Republicans do you have to? Does he have to have be the head of the Pentagon for them to think he's really serious about this blowing shit up? Yeah, and uh, but that was just funny. This latest round of bombing in the Middle East. By the way, I'm so glad to see we're bombing it. I was so afraid we we're going to stop. <laughs> and uh, 15 years in a row, five more years, we get a gold watch. So that's important. <laughs> and this latest round of bombing in the Middle East brought to you by a Nobel Peace Prize winner Barack Obama. Because it's if those of you who are lacking irony in your bombing, now we're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so that's the kind of. So I talk about that in the book. Your country's just not that into you, and uh, you know I come from a big family. That's where I got the the name. Uh, people always say I come from twelve kids for real, and people say you you know that. But people say um, you learn a lot about life growing up in a big family. And I think the biggest thing I learned is I'm easily replaced. <laughs> right? Like I knew if I died, I wasn't going to put a big dent in their plans. Can't imagine my mom sitting around. Oh no, Jimmy's dead. What am I going to do now with just the eleven of you? <laughs> So I have a pretty good sense when people aren't that into me. And what I talk about in the book is not only our politicians, it's the people who own our politicians. It's the donor class, because the politicians are not responsive to the voters anymore. Which well, that's the, the problem with the two-party system. No one is doing what's best for America, or what they believe is best for America. They're we have doing, an endless um, election cycles now. Well, they're doing what's yeah. best for their party. 
Right. Still, what's best? Still, what's best for their donors is yeah. what they're really. That's really all they care about. If you go, I mean, if you look at that's the horrible Sandy Hook tragedy. Ninety percent of the country wanted some kind of gun legislation. We didn't get it. Ninety percent. So, what does that mean? Are we living in a banana republic or what? I mean, they're they only responsive to their donors. Didn't happen. Ninety percent of the people wanted something to happen. Nothing happened. So you can see how just a handful of moneyed people. Their influence is what gets uh, revealed in our po- our policy. A movie we talked about on the show a couple of years ago when it came out was Inside Job, and that movie was, you know, about the the, the banking crisis of two thousand and eight. And they basically were like, since Reagan, these same like half a dozen guys. Yes, Reagan, first Bush, Clinton. Clinton Second Bush Clinton uh now they're with Obama <laughs> right like, it's just it's just amazing to me then that was it's a cabal. Ruben Summers, the same guys same. over and over. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Weil, who got the, he was instrumental. He created Citigroup. He was from Travelers Insurance. So no, he's for getting, uh, bringing back Glass-Steagall. So he was the one instrumental in getting rid of the New Deal legislation that made it impossible for banks to take your federally insured money and use it to gamble, right? So they got rid of that rule. Bill Clinton got rid of that rule within 10 years Banks collapsed because the banks used to collapse all the time. Every 20 years, it'd be boom and bust, boom and bust. And when FDR got in, he's like, enough of this shit. And we're going to put in some sensible regulation. One of them was Glass-Steagall. So they got that done. And we had pretty quiet banking for the next 70, 80, 90 years until they deregulated and they got rid of the New Deal. It took a Republican to go to China, took a Democrat to repeal the New Deal. And he got rid of those within 10 years the banks collapse. So, by the way, then they got some, then they got Dodd-Frank, they just repealed that again. Sandy Weil came on TV last year on CNBC and said, we should get, we should put uh, Glass-Steagall back. He said it. They're not doing it. The guy's instrumental. He said we should do it. That's like Chris Christie rethinking deep frying. This is a big thing. <laughs> this is big. And no one's really talking about it because nobody. And it, you well, know, no one uh, understands it. Well, a big part. Exactly. They want you to not be able to understand. And, and what I talk about in the book is we used to have a news media that would help us understand things and they would break things down. But it was right in the title. They would give us what? The news. news. Well, yeah. now it's all about fear. Now it's just you uh, watch out. It's there if you do. Uh, they're coming to get your yes. kids or your money or your safety or whatever. Well, man. those are the two emotions that the two political parties sell: Republicans sell fear and Democrats sell hope. And uh, they're both kind of kind of a bill of goods. <laughs> they're both they're very much a bill of goods. What happened was the news media, which used to be the watchdog, well, the they the. The Fox bought the watchdog. It's all over, right? So it used to be they were the firewall between corporations and the moneyed people and our government, and they kept an eye on them. Well, yeah, the watch guys the, watch the movie Network if you really yeah, want to see it. They, they predicted it. Yeah, they this predicted was in the 70s. Yeah, that was in the 70s. Yeah. They made that movie. Rollerball. Well, he's like, there are. <laughs> <laughs> he talked about how there are no Patrick countries. <laughs> There are no countries in that movie, he said in Network, and he talked about there's only Exxon, there's uh, mm-hmm. there's only uh, uh, there's only uh, corporations, corporations, right? And, and that's exactly where we are today, right? And um, but there's even there used to be in 1980 there were 50 giant media companies that ran all the media in America, and they were giant. Now there's six, 
Sick. So every radio station, every newspaper, every TV station, every cable network, they're all owned by one of six companies, right? So that's all unbelievable. We need a Teddy Roosevelt to come and break up our media companies, which is never going to happen. And what's the result of that, Jimmy? Okay, the result of that is... <laughs> <laughs> is I let's say the biggest news story of the last decade had to be the Iraq war. So uh, my conservative friends love to say how the mainstream media is liberal, especially NBC. They love Barack Obama. They're so liberal. Well, Brian Williams was the number one newsman all the way through the Iraq war. NBC was owned by General Electric, which is a huge defense contractor. Right. So I, so if you want to get your liberal view, your anti-war message, you have to go to a def- guy who's hired by a defense contractor to tell you the straight dope about the news. So uh, my question to Brian Williams was, how many checks during the middle of an illegal war, how many checks do you take from a defense contractor before you stop calling yourself a journalist? The answer is endless. The one guy who was anti-war was the guy at MSNBC, Phil Donahue. They fired him, even though he had the number one show on the network, because he was anti-war, which was revealed in a memo that came out years afterwards. We already knew that was the case, right? They would say, if you're going to have an anti-war person on your show, Phil, you got to have three pro-war people. And so finally, I just fired them, right? Because he's cutting into their profits. And that's what I say about, you know, the people try to make... So through the whole Iraq war, our anti-war message came from a defense contractor. Even worse, it was revealed that Brian Williams would bring on generals, retired generals, give us a straight dope about Iraq, what was happening in Iraq. What he didn't tell us was those generals were all being paid for by defense contractors, and they were pushing more war, more money to be spent on the war, and in specific ways. Brian Williams never told us that. The guy who did won a Pulitzer Prize for it in the New York Times. Even after that was exposed, they never talked about it on the NBC News. So it's all bullshit that we have on liberal media. It's corporate in the middle, in the beginning, and at the end. They don't create the news for us. They create it for their advertisers. And if their advertiser doesn't want something on that news show, it's not going on that news show and awesome. ge just pulled our power <laughs> <laughs> so it's just crazy you know if, if you so this look is all in your book so this is all, all in the, the book. book your okay. country's just i know this is a new this is a yes this is a movie podcast, so we gotta talk about some movies this is a movie podcast all right i just want box i don't want you to slip off it i'm sorry uh, so let me let's do this what are some of your favorite political movies uh so bob roberts Oh, that's, oh, a, that's great a great movie. one. Yeah, that's yeah. A great so movie. I think people should see Bob Roberts. Um, when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. I wasn't that really aware then. I'd only been, uh, you know, what got me start, started on uh, this course. I was in high school, a junior in high school, maybe a senior. And we didn't, it was called uh, Current Events. It was our class, Current Events, taught by Mr. Andrela. Bob Roberts was directed and written by Tim Robbins. It's Tim Robbins, and it's great because he plays a conservative folk singer. Yes, that, uh, becomes a politician. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And this song is like... And it's all... You know, it's, it's, you know what else is a good... Is um, uh, Face in the Crowd. Face in the Crowd. Face in the Crowd. That now that's uh, Andy Griffith. What's his real name? Is his name real name Andy Griffith? Yeah, Andy Griffith and Patrick Neal. This is 1957. Yes. So that was like the original version of Bob Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Face in the Crowd. And his name in that movie is Lonesome Roads. Um, and that's who Keith, you would also often hear Keith Olbermann refer to Glenn Beck as Lonesome Roads. And I knew what he was talking about because he was just, a, I mean, that movie is pretty amazing. The fact that they made it in the 50s and then they made Network in the Network, 70s. Yeah. And then they Real made. Quick, a Face in the Crowd was directed by Elia Kazan, which is his movies are pretty amazing. That was always an amazing movie. Yeah. It was, oh, I didn't know he directed that. Mm-hmm. So Kazan also was the guy that done. 
And if you want to go back, sold out people. To, yeah, that said that, how uh, ironic, right? Yeah. That he could make such movies with such soul and heart, and then he could be such a turncoat. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to go back really far, go uh, to Mr. Smith um, goes to Washington. Goes to Washington, which is uh, what, what's fascinating about that movie is even if you watch it today. It still resonates. Oh my God! Years later, years, years, and years later. What, like, what year was uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington? I'm like, oh wait, that still happens. That uh, that's still a problem. And that's thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. Well, it showed you how even back then, how one guy with money and media who owned a newspaper or somehow he could right. control what what happened and what people in thought. In Washington, yeah. In Washington and the mm-hmm. whole country, right? It was all about the power of propaganda. Then that's when we still had a million companies right. that owned the media. Now we have just five or six. So you can see how concentrated. And we didn't have television. And we, yes, <laughs> we didn't have a twenty four hour news cycle, which is right. part of the problem. They got Got to fill it. 1939 with all yeah. of this crazy. Yeah, it was directed by Frank Capra, and it's it's it's. Well, here's here's one easy thing people can notice in their modern day news, and this is interesting, and uh, is that now they've replaced objectivity with neutrality, right? And what does that mean? Okay. So now everyone's opinion is equal. It used to be that the news guy would, if you said something that was untrue, he would debunk you in real right, time. Right. Now what they do is they just repeat it and go as if it's the other side of the argument. Yeah, oh, that's that's madness. It's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm I'm so tired of the person that thinks the world is flat getting e- new getting, getting equal. equal but yeah. so I don't, I don't care what you have ex- to say. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Ignorance ahead. is not an opposing opinion. opinion. It's just ignorance. Yeah, it's but just But they ignorance. treat it as an opposing opinion. The perfect right. example is why half the country thinks science is a conspiracy right now, right? Climate change isn't real. I, I was watching Brian Williams. He brings on a senator from Tennessee who says climate change isn't real. And then he brings on Bill Nye. He's got fuck Bill Nye the science guy. Yeah. He's got fucking science right in his name. Yeah. <laughs> So he says it's man-made and we should do something about it. The senator from Tennessee says it isn't. Brian Williams says, thanks for the debate. It's not a debate, fuckface. Yeah. There's no debate over this, only because you're pretending. You couldn't report the sports that way. You couldn't say, hey, the Cubs played the Dodgers last night. Dodgers said they won 4-3. to three. Cubs said they won 4-3. <laughs> to three. I'm glad we had the debate. I guess we'll never know who really won. <laughs> No, no, you struck the fuck out at the no. bottom of the ninth. You lost. Right. So the one thing that doesn't matter gets reported accurately, which is sports. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that do- that matters, which it's is, I don't know, the, our climate. Gonna... Yeah, sports is right on the money. That's like math. It is. It is. You're right. There, there is. Isn't it amazing? There isn't. There, there isn't Catholic ma- math, right? Or Jewish math, or no, Muslim math. math. They're just math. Math yeah. is just math. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty. That's and sports is just sports. You get yeah. there's the score. There yeah. it is. <laughs> so uh, so I, that was one. That's one. People can notice that when they watch the news media now. From now on, how all opinions are equal. All opinions. Nobody gets debunked. It's just another side of the opinion. Well, it's great. We had we had um, uh, Kevin Avery on the show who writes for John Oliver, and John Oliver did that great thing of because he was making fun of this very thing of of 97% of all scientists from every country in the world believe that climate change is real. 3% don't. So he goes, we're going to actually make it even. He brought on 97 scientists ah. in favor and the three against. And he was like, okay, here we go. And it was like that kind of stuff um, is hilarious. And the way he's, the way John Oliver is doing it is, is, is yeah. bringing people aware to it. To me, it's like, like Dennis who recommend Trident. You're always going to have one. There's always a four out of yeah. five. Who's that fifth guy? Yeah. No, go with the sugar. Yeah, no, no. It's like that. It doesn't doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Um, so let's go to DVDs and Blu-ray that are coming right. out. 
Um, it's actually, it's interesting. There's a, a well, actually, we're going to do this. Let's say this, though. We're going to give away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's give away a copy, a, of, a, Jimmy's copy of Jimmy's book. To you got to go on the Facebook page. We'll post it when we release this episode. And give us a compelling reason why. List your favorite political film. And tell us why. And tell us why. And the person who has the best reason will get the book. And it will. We will arbitrarily pick one. Yes. <laughs> it won't be. It won't be fair. <laughs> no. It will be like our political system. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we will pick the. But winner. yeah, we, Jimmy has given us a, a, a copy of his book, and whoever we will, uh, you'll get a copy of it yes. if you give us a compelling answer to why uh, this is your favorite political movie. So, in a, in a, in a way, the fact that the mainstream news media has been hijacked by corporate America, which are which are the problem, not the solution to our problems. Uh, it's good for me because now I get to do online news shows and podcasts that people seek out. They're like, oh, I can, there's a guy who's actually going to debunk bullshit. He's not going to repeat bullshit. Well, it's right. so funny, like when everyone's... Independent yeah. media. Yes, correct. Well, I remember... Like, but now they're going to get rid of net neutrality, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, all the podcasts will be throttled. Mm-hmm. And you, you yeah, won't man. be able to get them. Um, uh, well, I remember when they uh, st- came out several years ago that people under the age of 30 are getting their news from the daily show and all the mainstream media were like oh my god it's the de- it's the these kids it was all this these kids today and uh-huh. it was like no no they know that at least john stewart is, right. is not bullshitting them. right yeah. his agenda is to give you facts and make fun of it yes his his agenda is to expose obvious bullshit yeah. and it's so maddening when people you watch cnn it's like this is just repeating bullshit. You guys just repeat it and over and over. And it's just and it's and half of get it's it like, there first, not accurately. It's like yes. the fucking home shopping network too. It's keep you afraid and to keep you buying. Right. Yeah, exactly, you're exactly like, right. It's not sell soap. That's not. We don't need to get you informed. So I was um, I was watching Chris Cuomo interview Bernie Sanders, the independent senator from Vermont, and they were talking about the XL pipeline. And uh, Bernie Sanders is trying to make the point that you know it's only going to create 35 permanent jobs. And Chris, which is accurate, and Chris Cuomo goes, "Well, why do you say that? Because it's fucking accurate, Chris. Yeah. That's why." And then he, and then he just repeated the corporate talking point against Bernie Sanders instead of going, "Well, that's right," and I should debunk this thing. What I'm going to say, he just said the thing. He just right. repeated the bullshit that the XL pipeline people want you to say. So that's what's wrong with the news media. I'll, I'll stop making that point. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to DVDs and Blu-rays. Now, there's actually a lot coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, but not much coming out in the theaters. But one movie of note. Okay. No, is Blu-ray so, really worth it, you guys? Um, it depends on the movie. Yeah, it like, does. Okay, yeah. like uh, like Get On Up uh, is coming up. That's the uh, is that's the James Brown uh, uh, biopic, mm-hmm. right? No, is that a necessary Blu-ray? Uh, I, you know what? I haven't seen this movie. I'm not sure. Generally, Blu-rays are good for um, like kind of sweeping epic movies where you can yeah. see all the detail. Uh, generally, action know, movies. Action I think, movies. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I I buy very limited Blu-rays. The other thing is uh, a very detailed animation. Uh, looks really good. Chris oh, okay. Um, now, can you get Blu-ray through through Netflix, or you have to? Yes, you can, but you have to pay extra. Really? Mm, there's a surcharge for Blu-ray. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, look Boyhood. at that. Even Graham didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Boyhood is, uh, I think, one of my favorite movies of 2014. I absolutely love this movie. This is out on DVD now. Don't have to get Blu-ray on this movie. It's a very uh, a small, intimate movie. It's this told movie, on a gram scale, but it's it's yeah. unbelievable. We both saw it, and it's 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 that film. For those of you who don't know, where they shoot it through the actual kid's life. They shoot the movie when he's five, and then they shoot it when he's nine over a span of ten years. Over a span of ten years, 
and it 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 is so. And they took stuff. Is it a documentary? No, no, no it's oh. narrative. It's narrative, but they did interesting stuff. Like something was kind of going on in the kid's actual life, so then they put that into the story. And they have all these really good actors, like Patricia Arquette in it, is mm-hmm. in it, and and Ethan Hawke Ethan does Hawk. a really good job. And oh, really? It's it's such an amazing film, and you want to look like into, nothing you've seen before, nothing you've ever seen before, and to really see what it. A boy growing up in a middle class family whose parents get divorced and mm-hmm. what that means and and it was done so well. It's such a it's such an interesting, compelling movie. Anyone who missed it, I would I could recommend this yes. highly to get this on DVD. And, and this oh. is one of those rare cases where this is a great movie to see at home, um, uninterrupted, like on a smaller, more intimate screen. Like this yeah. is one you know, some movies, oh, you gotta see in a big screen. This one, I would say no. This one is best served watching at home uh, intimately in your own home i think this is oh, okay. a, on a smaller screen i think this is a, a great film you're you're, you're gonna really like it uh, i think it's gonna be nominated i don't know if it'll win anything because it's gonna be a kind of a crowded year but it's an uh, it's an amazing film definitely mm-hmm. check it out if you haven't seen it okay horns this is the daniel radcliffe movie where he grows horns and uh, i haven't seen this film but the reviews are all over the map <laughs> this is where I uh, didn't know what kind of movie it wants to be. Is it horror, thriller, comedy? Watch it's it, like, you guys, and yeah. let us know what you let think. Us know what like, you go guys to the message thought. boards or something and, um, and post about it, because I, I have no idea what... I, I can Looking at this, trailers and looking reading it online, I can't even tell you... I can't even have an, an opinion about what I think what, it is. What it is, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, the next movie, Left Behind, this is the uh, Nicolas Cage um, uh, opus, the latest, <laughs> about uh, him being left behind during the rapture. Yeah, this is based on the, yeah those. Are what, you kidding? Yeah, this is uh, Nicholas Cage is doing this. this is yeah. cr- Why would you he sound this? surprised? Oh, he's been, yeah. he's been fighting a bankruptcy. Right? You know, he, yeah, yeah. he'll take any gig at yeah. this point. Like, oh, know. really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did Ghost Rider. He's after that. It's, oh, he did some bad investments, and he didn't, yeah. he didn't take care of his some, money. Something's going on Something, where he, yeah. uh, you know, if you call Nicholas Cage, he'll say yes. Yeah. Really, he went through a bunch of bad stuff. His house is up for foreclosure. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's bad investments or just I don't need to pay my taxes. I'm a celebrity or whatever or something. And now, isn't it weird that what was it Wesley Snipes who went to prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So t- I always was taught that if you're you don't pay your taxes and they catch you, you pay a fine, and then you, you only go to prison if somebody's got it in for you, like they did with Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Right, but you know, fucking, who goes to jail for tax evasion? You just pay it, right? Yeah. So somebody must have wanted him for something. It depends on what it is, how egregious it is, or if he refused to pay. Who, I'd I don't to know. know the real story. Yeah, okay, the, the whole story. All right, um, but it's not always a conspiracy, Jimmy. Okay, it's a, maybe he just refused to pay. <laughs> Okay, um, but uh, but why wouldn't he just like Willie Nelson? Wouldn't he do a Taco Bell commercial and you pay it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, Willie didn't go know. to prison, right? Uh, just same thing with George Carlin. He did a fucking commercial for ten, ten, nine, twenty, or whatever yeah. the fuck that was. So, so left behind. Um, I don't know anyone who's seen it, but uh, if you want to check it out, let us know. Wow. Please hit the message boards. E- let us know. You, um, if you decide to watch this movie, God, yeah, you God know, bless you. Wow, and you're, uh, you're let us braver know. than I am. Mm-hmm. Me too. So, uh, I don't got that kind of time, I and know. I got that kind of time. Premiering this week. <laughs> <laughs> premiering this week. Only one movie premiering this week, and it is, of course, Taken 3. Well, yeah. There's, it's, it's is that pre- Liam Neeson? Yes. yes. Oh, he calls into my show sometimes. Really? Not really. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my voice that does it. That yeah. would have been I great. I yeah. have said this before. I'll say it again. You're I'm, on board. I'm on board. This is yeah, my yeah. Saw franchise. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I want Taken on a plane, on a boat, <laughs> fighting wolves. Taken yes. goes to college. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the fraternity stole his mascot. Well, this one looks like some scores. This, this one looks like it's all of it. It's like wife gets murdered. Uh, it's not. It's everyone's chasing him now. CIA, FBI, yeah. like, the police. It's like every resource in the country, every law enforcement agency mm. is after one guy, and they can't catch him. And they're wrong about him. And they're wrong about him. Are. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course they, they are. are. Yes. And they're. Uh, and he's got to you know go after the. Uh, uh, what is it, the Russian mob this sure, time? Sure, I don't yeah. care. Does it I don't matter? Care. Yeah. I don't care if where somebody, they're from, yeah. Albania, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <There's> Salvadorian, <laughs> go get it. Just fucking fly there around the world. Are, yeah, there's and, some bad European somewhere I, that is going to get what's coming to Amen. It's about goddamn time somebody takes out the trash over there. I'm telling you, I, I, am, I will watch these movies forever. Mm. I, I love to watch Liam Neeson fight crime. Yes. Oh. I, I want him... I want him. I want him to say necessary. Yeah. I want him to say do what is necessary. Like that's what I want him to do. I, I'm I'm so excited for this. Plus, a lot of the Oscar movies that got um, um, limited release before the end of the year to qualify for Academy are now going starting to go wide. Like American yes. Sniper, I think is going wide, and a couple mm-hmm. other movies are going wide. Um, so American Sniper doesn't. I haven't seen it, but I've read a lot about it. Doesn't tell stories. That doesn't tell the whole story. I've heard I've heard mixed reviews on it. Yeah, they they gloss over a lot of shit from what I've heard. The reviews I've read. Okay. So about the actual guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see it. Right now He I got like- sued by Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura recovered. He won. He he told some story about how he beat the shit out of Jesse Ventura in a fucking bar somewhere. It never happened. And Jesse really? Ventura sued him. Yeah. Google it. Wow. Google it. Jesse Ventura sued him and he won. All right. So yeah. So that's anyway. So there's that kind of shit happening too. Oh, interesting. But uh, he he did kill a lot of people. The, that is true. The sniper guy did sniper at a lot of people. That's his job. So, did you see the movie? Not yet. I'm going to oh, okay. see it. Oh, you are going to see it. I'm definitely yeah, yeah. going to see it. Oh, okay. Because I want. Well, it's definitely getting some Oscar buzz. The trailers that I've seen are pretty compelling. Uh huh. So I'm curious to see it. And I like Clint Eastwood movies, even though he's yes. going. Go and then that guy got the guy got killed. Right, the actual guy, the actual sniper guy. Right? Didn't he come back and when he was helping uh, guys with PTSD? And he, one of the things he would do is take them to a shooting range. Oh yeah, and one guy, one guy killed him. Yeah, Did, isn't that this guy? Boy, I don't know if that that's true. But I do know that happened. A very decorated sniper yeah. did get killed. It's not this sniper guy? But I, I'd have to research that. Okay. <laughs> I, I would have to research that. But okay. I know that that did happen. Is If it's this actual guy, I'm going to research that okay. before I see the film. And if, if I'm totally wrong, just cut this out and post. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about movies I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> I should do that show. That should be a show. We review movies we haven't seen. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> now I've heard why couldn't I review a movie that you know what you guys are doing that's called proximity bias and uh, just because I or absence shaming just because I'm not at a movie doesn't mean I can't review it absence shaming yes oh, that's great uh, alright well let's do um, let's do fan feedback yes uh, we got a great um, email from uh, our fan uh, Sean Coates uh, who's in an, Australia a 16 year old Australian movie oh. lover and a big fan of yours um Big fan of yours, Chris, or me? You just you, Jimmy. <laughs> of of CFN. He can't get enough of uh, why the media is wrong. 
<laughs> so well, he's he's got that Rupert Murdoch right yeah, from his own home country. Right. That's right. Guy owns everything. We saw a play about that. The yeah, Young Turks, did. how they control the media there too. So he did write a fan review for Need for Speed, um, but he uh, basically he wants to come with a movie recommendation. Um, there's a movie called uh, Predestination, and it's an, an Australian time travel action sci-fi thriller starring Ethan Hawke, Noah Taylor, and up-and-coming Australian actress Sarah Snook, and written and directed by uh, Spirig, the Spirig Brothers, who have done Undead and Daybreakers, and it's adapted from the short story All You Zombies by Robert uh, Heinlein. Um, so it's basically the story of a temporal agent, Ethan Hawke. Anyway... It sounds awesome, and and this is we love when you guys do this, and we wanted to to read part of this uh, email from Sean when you guys recommend movies that we've never heard of. Because I don't think it'll get theatrical here unless maybe February. It seems like it'll be one of those ones that they'll plug in, but most likely it'll be a VOD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's uh, basically it's limited release and on demand in the states starting January 9th, which is this week weekend. So okay, uh, I'm gonna check it out. And, yeah, me too. And we really appreciate Sean you sending this in. What uh, I loved about that email too is he was talking about like the the Australian films that do well overseas don't do well in Australia. Like yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Like Will like Anderson said that when the he was Rover the didn't do well in Australia, did well overseas. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's. Uh, but like the critically acclaimed ones. That's amazing <laughs> yeah, to me yeah. why they wouldn't get more traction in their I own because know. The Rover's a really good film. God, I love Australia. It's it's the greatest. I love Australia so much. I could easily live there. I could easily live there. I was in one place, I'm like, no problem. I yeah. was in Melbourne, I was like, this is great. Oh, you kidding me? Melbourne, Sydney? Like, oh. I could, so... They really got it right over there. I like it a yeah, lot. They really did. <laughs> the, food, the food is good, the yeah. transportation, the whole yeah, yeah. deal. They really know what they're doing. Yeah. It's an island. Yeah, yeah. The women, I remember the women were nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. I was, I was single at the time, so that worked out mm-hmm. while I was there. That a boy, Jimmy. Huh? Mm. <laughs> um. So, um. Well, by the way, that was that guy. guy he didn't get uh, American Navy SEAL, uh, who wrote best-selling American Sniper, was shot to death with another man at a gun range near Stephenville, Texas, on Saturday, thirty-eight. Okay, that was this year or this past. That was twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, I do remember hearing about that. Yeah, so I could bring a little news to the show. Yeah, it's nice. boy, Jimmy. Yeah, it's, you, it's movie relatable. You checked. News. You checked your own fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bust out an iPhone bust five out. and get that thing working. <laughs> so I got the uh, LTE service. <laughs> nice. It's nice that you guys have it here. I'd have to go fucking three G. Yeah. Oh, I hate. It. I'm like, oh, I'm at my dentist. Three G. Are you oh, kidding me? You guys are animals. <laughs> what are we in Russia? <laughs> um, so okay. Now we want to bring up. Uh, yeah, I want to bring up actually something uh, very sad. We want to dedicate this uh, episode to um, JT Troiano or Jonathan Troiano. He was one of the the web programmers that helped us out in the, uh, when in the we ver- first started when, when we, we first launched started. the website in 08. Yeah, he actually built a um, uh, the content management system. He built uh, the Joomla system mm-hmm. for us uh, with the site. And then when we were having problems with the cart, where we uh, feature films couldn't get downloaded, he fixed that for us. Um, he was a uh, a programming engineer. He was a h- very high level programming engineer, mm-hmm. and um, he was going through a bad divorce. He has three kids, and unfortunately, over the holidays, he took his own life. And uh, we're really going to miss him. You can, there's a lot of eulogies on Facebook. And he was suffering from depression for a while. This is, uh, you know, I knew him. I didn't know him as well as um, some of our other friends. But it's, we talk about this a lot, is if you're depressed and 
uh, get help, please. Just talk to people. It was a shock. Is you know, he's leaving behind three kids, um, a mother, an ex-wife, and actually a girlfriend that he was serious about. So please, please get help. One of the talk things, to somebody. You know that that we learned a lot from doing earbuds, the earbuds interviews. You know, we had an idea that podcast fans who are suffering from depression and mental illness were getting a lot out of listening to podcasts. We had no idea how how deep and how important it was until we started doing all the fan interviews yes. um, this past spring with uh, with earbuds. And it was uh, it was amazing to hear that podcasting does have that effect. And then and then interviewing Paul Gilmartin and of course mental illness happy hour. And people suffer from mental illness a lot of times invisibly. You don't necessarily right. see it. So I'm on the verge of killing myself every day and I hide it pretty well. <laughs> and uh, I just thought everyone was. Yeah, I know. I mean I've 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 you know, depression I think Especially artists, it and definitely performers, affects comedians. more artists yeah. than others. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I think because we're in our heads so much, you like know. that's how we work. Right. That we've I mean, all had that mild depression. We've or, all had that. You know, you never had anxiety. a major that major depression. You ever had a major depression? Like I had a major one in uh, uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. That was my, and I didn't know what it was, right? And, uh, and nobody, you don't know what it is. You, and nobody would yeah. tell me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for like six months, I was like, "What the fuck? I'm gonna just go ahead and kill myself." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then somehow it's uh, uh, something happened, and I got to a psychiatrist who helped me. But yeah. uh, you don't know. That's the other thing. It's it's so unknown in this country. Mental illness is that like when I was I suffered from anxiety. Same thing. I, yeah. I was waking up shaking. Like what's what's wrong with me? Uh-huh. Like you think it's just I have some kind of disease? Or yeah, like yeah. Something. Well, suck like, it up. You this? know, and then yeah, there's yeah. that all attitude. Or there's you know always what I mean? that. Like, yeah, like well, well, just just not. Don't be ex- you know. Don't be anxious. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Relax. Just, yeah, relax. You know, <laughs> watch some TV. So, and then the same thing. I got to a psychiatrist, and actually, it, it helped me. But it's it's one of those things where if you're suffering, please, there, there is help available. Get help, and you know, JT, we're gonna miss you. And um, our thoughts you know, go out to you know, you know, thought, know, thoughts go out to the and family. And and he was someone who helped this this company, this yes. website. Early he was on. part of yeah. He was part of a comedy film nerd. So we're we're gonna miss him. And like uh, you know what Gil Martin says um, on every episode of Mental Illness Happy Hour, you're not alone. You know, there is help to get and, you know, all of us have seen a therapist and all that stuff helps and support groups and there's all these kind of resources out there. So reach out, man. Yes, please do. You can. Um, So um, on that uh, upbeat note, Jimmy, what do you got? uh, Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I'm going to be be juggling uh, corn pop. Anyway... um, People can find me at jimmydoorcomedy.com, and I do an hour uh, show every week. Which it originates out of KPFK here in Los Angeles and is carried on Pacifica, but it's uh, mostly people listen to it as a podcast. And Frank Conniff is a part of that show from Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's a fun show to do. Graham has been is on it. Is he in it. New York now? Yeah, he's in New York still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a great impressionist, Mike McRae, who's a big part of the show, and he does spot mm-hmm. on impressions that are some of the most hilarious things that I've ever heard. So I'm just big, really glad to be able to have him. And Robert Yasumura writes for the show, and we've had a lot of former daily writer shows, uh, writers write for our show. Steve Rosenfield, 
Jim Rowe. A lot of people have oh, yeah. written for the show. So uh, Mark Van Landuit, who's also a great writer, who's written with Steve Coogan, and he writes for our show. The thing, the last time I was on it, um, I was on your show with Robert Yesamura, and we were we got into a uh, you know you present a topic and then we yes. start talking about it, and we had a discussion and even a, a, a slight debate. And the thing that was so cool about it, and we talked about this on the show. Because mainstream media is all like pro con, yeah, fight, you know, and it's yeah. like so many of these subjects don't. It's not that clear, right? Yeah, and it's, it's like, a little more complicated. It's a little more that. complicated <laughs> than that. And the thing that was so cool was to, to everyone was going, no, I hear your point. Yeah, I hadn't thought right, about right. it that way, but right. you know, here's my opinion, and yeah, you know, whatever. Maybe agree to disagree, or maybe we just both listen and understand what the other person's saying, and that's that. Plus, then there was hilarious shit inside the, the context of the show. So, anyone who has, what's the name of it? It's called the Jimmy Dore Show. The Jimmy George, the Jimmy Dore Show. So check it out, guys. It's it's um, it's a it's a it's a fun, cool show. And do you have any tour dates? Anything coming up? Any live shows? Or uh, I'm just adding a, actually a live studio audience to my show starting at uh, January 31st. We've oh, got cool. a TV studio in Culver City, and we're going to start doing it there. So uh, uh, that's my big thing that's coming up. Are you going to start video casting the show? We're, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, we I also do a show for this the online news company called The Young Turks, mm-hmm. and it's just the Jimmy Dore show. But I do different things in front of the camera for them. And uh, we're going to now just kind of try to take my podcast show and kind of add a live audience and see how that goes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I think that's so, a great idea. We'll right? see if it works. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, okay, guys. Uh, I will be uh, headlining the improv at uh, Harvey's Hotel and Casino in South Lake Tahoe January 28th through February 1st. And we'll be also headlining uh, the improv at Harris in Las Vegas uh, February 17th through the 22nd. And uh, check all that out. Follow me on the Twitter at the at Graham Elwood and, of course, at Comedy Film Nerds and our Facebook fan page. Chris, you got some dates coming up? Yeah, I've got, uh, I'll be in Fantasy Springs Casino in Palm Springs over the um, um, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, holiday weekend. That's coming up, right? I'm so bad with the dates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you always ask me. To I know. Can dates. you look up my date? Um, that's. Uh, yeah, the 17th through the 18th. Yeah, 17 and 18. I'll be the fr- there Friday and Saturday. Um, and that's... <laughs> so check that out. Classic Fantasy comic. Casino. Classic yeah. comic. <laughs> what am I wearing? Is it on my website? Yeah, no? Damn. Is, all right. The show started at 8.30? Uh, yeah. Oh, 8? All, right, okay. all right, I'll check it out. Yeah. I had someone this weekend say... When I came to Chicago, they're like, wow, you got three shows Saturday night. I was like, really? I, was like, I had no idea. I know. I thought it was just 8 and 10.30. No, yeah. Graham, it's 7, 9, 11. <laughs> As I sit here and bust Chris's balls for not knowing his own schedule, I just remind, I also have, have a, I just taped an hour special that's coming out. <laughs> you think anyone wants to see that? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, and it's uh, with New Wave, so I don't know exactly where it's going to be released, but we taped it in November, and it should be out soon. It's called Sentence to Live is the title of the special. So oh, look great. for that. Sentence, it's my new hour special. I'm very excited And, of course, it'll be at JimmyDoreComedy.com. Sure, sure, great. sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> we'll have all the links and things. Uh, <laughs> so great. Classic comic. Busting a comic's ball yeah. is about a thing that you're doing. So awesome. Um... All right, well, you just heard three assholes have known each other way too long. (laughs) Get all their dates wrong. Yeah, get all their dates wrong and shoot their mouths off about Mm -hmm. their dumb beliefs. Yeah. Um, So, guys, uh, thank you, Jimmy, so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. It was real fun. Check out his book, Uh, Your Country's Just Not That Into You. Um, And uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. Happy 2015. And always remember, still... 
Han, Han shot, shot first. first. And you're not alone.